As always, it's so good to be with you. How are we doing, family? Good, good. Well, summer's officially arrived, and you know what that means. Homegrown fruits and vegetables. Boy, there's nothing like it. So fill up your salt shaker and get ready for those tomatoes. Well, this, this morning's gospel reading is a, it's a continuation from last week's, actually what it is. Uh, we left off last week with Jesus telling his disciples to go and tell everyone that they see that God loves and cares for them. And as a sign of this, as a proof that what is, this is true, he says, I'm empowering you to heal every sickness and disease that you come across. Boy, can you imagine uh, what that must have felt like and uh, the joy that these, and we know that from where the disciples came back and they reported to Jesus all the good things that had happened, see. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's at hand. And then Jesus begins to tell them or give them a piece of advice. He says this, be afraid of no one, don't feel threatened. And then he takes the rest of the reading we see today, teaching the disciples how to deal with fear in their lives. Because they were going to run up against uh, the challenges to be fearful in their lives. Let me ask you, do you ever get afraid? You ever get afraid? Well, here's an interesting fact. I, I didn't know this, but according to a recent survey, the nation which lives most fearful which is also the most powerful nation in the world, is, can you figure it out? The United States. That doesn't make any sense, does it? Most powerful and yet the most fearful. Fear is so many things. Well, there's something not right there. Uh, and here's the top five fears, a survey that was done in the United States in 2022. Number one fear, corrupt government officials. Number two, people you love becoming seriously ill or dying. Third, Russia using nuclear weapons. Fourth, economic and financial collapse. And finally, the United States becoming involved in another world war. What do you think? Does that pretty well sum it up? Well, I think it does. I mean, you know, when you look at some of the challenges that we face today, but we're living in 2023. I think 23 is going to be a repeat of 22. You know, some of the fears that we have. Well, what do we know about fear? Actually, we know a lot about it. The Greek word for fear is phobia. You've heard that word, haven't you? Phobia or fear. So we shouldn't be surprised that the Greek god for fear is called Phobos. You know Phobos, don't you? Well, uh, yes, that's, that's his name. Here's what fear is, and this is important. Fear is an emotion. Fear occurs when something that we take great delight in is threatened or put in danger. Oh, we like that. And somebody comes along and they put that in danger, in a danger mode. We feel fear. We're anxious about that because we don't want that taken away from us, right? Another thing about fear is that there are varying degrees of it. Now, if we want to know what's the uh, highest degree, well, just turn on the news because they're going to they're give you fear. It's terror. That's the highest one. Terror. Terror on all sides. And then what we heard Jeremiah say today, 
Oh, it was, was. Terror everywhere, wasn't it? Well, and then another one is this. Fear that is persistent over time turns into anxiety. Now, we don't have any of that in our country today, right? But that's what persistent fear is. It becomes anxiety. And you know what anxiety does. It creates all kinds of health and happiness problems. Well, let's see if we can apply these few principles in order to understand, to get a grasp on our number one fear of corrupt government officials. Why does that why does that scare us, I guess, might be the question. Well, here's the answer. If you read Paul, Paul will tell you that God established the government. That's, a, that's an institution that he established for a specific purpose, and Paul tells you what that purpose is, that we may live in peace. And when we live in peace, then we can worship God in peace. He, you know... Uh, probably you wouldn't get that answer today from many if you talked about the importance of government. But that's the institution. That's why it was actually instituted, so that we can have peace and worship. See, the government gives us stability and order. You need that in life, don't you? You need that in life. So uh, when we read about corrupt officials, uh, it, although it doesn't, you can't read, there's not that much out there on today, is there? newspaper or tell it when you read about them uh, you feel that sense of fear you feel that this is a situation that's threatening or putting in danger the stability and order of our country and which which translates into it puts into stability uh, challenges our stability and order as people and so uh, when we when we hear things on the news reading the paper about government officials who are more concerned, not so concerned about we the people, but are concerned about me and uh, about gaining power and wealth. Well, that concerns us because uh, that puts fear in us because we love the stability that government takes place, that gives us. A couple more quick points about fear. Fear arises when, we, when something we take delight in is actually placed in danger or perceived. Now, this is real important today because our imagination goes wild. Our imagination can take us all kinds of places. That's why we worry about everything today, you know? Uh, but it's, it, it doesn't matter if it's real, if the threat is real or the threat is perceived. Fear is fear. You feel it. And it feels real, doesn't it? Um, here's a good one. I like this one. When it's used appropriately, fear can have a positive impact on our life. Who created you? God. Who put, who put the emotion of fear? God, why do you need that emotion? Well, I'll tell you why. Here's a good example. I like to take my uh, dog, Toby, out for a walk. And when we go out walking... You know, before I cross the road, you know what I do? I look both ways. Why? Because I'm afraid I might get run over, you know? See, see how fear can be good? Or, you know, the burner on the stove's open. Yeah, I'll just put my hand on it. Oh, I'm, not, I'm afraid of doing that. That might hurt, you know? That might be, that might be a threat to me. Uh, but see, it, can, it, has a, it has a good aspect to it, of course. The Bible has much to say about fear. And that's, and rightfully so, and we'll see why in just a moment. Here's something interesting I didn't know. The word fear is used 
437 times in the scripture. That's a lot of times, folks, let me tell you. Let me give you a real life example about fear. This one comes out of the Old Testament and it has to do with Isaac. You know, there's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Well, it has to do with Isaac and his wife, Rebecca. The scriptures teach us that Rebecca was beautiful. She was absolutely beautiful. And so as uh, Isaac is, and Rebecca, they're traveling through the country, they come across these men and they, say, and they ask Isaac about Rebecca. And uh, who is she? And is, is that your wife? And Isaac thinking, well, if I tell them it's my wife, they're going to kill me. You know, they're going to take her. Uh, so what does he do? It's my sister. No, it's not my wife, it's my sister. Interesting thing to me, you know, out of that sense of fear that he had for his life, that his uh, father did the same thing. Read it, it's in scripture. Abraham, Sarah, Sarah was considered, it says in the scripture, she was beautiful. She was beautiful to look at. And um, so as they're passing, on their way to the promised land, they go through Egypt. And Pharaoh sees, sees Sarah, sees how beautiful he is, and what does he say? I want to marry her. I want to marry Sarah. She's beautiful. So uh, Pharaoh goes to Abraham and says, Abraham, who is this? What, and Abraham feared for his life. What do you think he said? It's my sister. <laughs> it's not my wife. I mean, this is true. This, you know, this really is in the scripture. Here's the amazing thing, though, I think about it. Why didn't Rebecca or Sarah kill their husbands for saying, she's my sister and not my wife, you know? Uh, I bet it did create a little tension, though, in the, in the home, wouldn't you think? What do you mean, call me your sister? Well, yeah, fear is in the Bible a lot. It's a topic of great interest. Here's something that I think is very interesting. A hundred and three times in the Bible, the phrase, do not be afraid or do not fear is used. That's a lot of times, you know, and uh, if you study each one of these situations, we won't do that this morning, but uh, if we did, there's one thing that becomes very clear. It's, ob it's blatant, obvious. In each and every situation, we're called not to be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Why? Because God alone is the most powerful way to deal with fear. Now, typically, what we, what we have a tendency to do sometimes is we look at those stories in the Bible where uh, God says, don't be afraid, and God delivers them from the hand of the armies. What about when God says, don't be afraid, and he doesn't deliver them from the hand? Is it, is it different? No, it's not different. You know, it's not different. Uh, listen to a few scripture passages out of real life situations and see if you concur about God alone as the most powerful way to deal with fear. This one everybody knows, 23rd Psalm. Even though I walk through the darkest of valleys, I will not be afraid because you're with me. Who's with him? God's with him. I won't be afraid. Here's another, this is a, here's a situation, you know, that was a, maybe a bad situation you're going through. Here's an army besieging me. Though an army besieged me, my heart will not fear. Why? Because you're with me, right? Here's a good one. Though the earth gives way and the mountains fall into the sea, I will not fear, for you are with me. 
Isn't that amazing? Here's another one. In God I trust and I'm not afraid. What can man do to me? He's just mere mortal. Isn't that interesting? Here's one I didn't know, but it's, boy, it's very apropos to today. I will not fear conspiracies because God is with me. Didn't know that one was in there, but, uh, well, we got all kinds of fearful conspiracy theories going around. And then here's another one, skip into Jesus. Jesus said this, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And then we see the one in today's reading. And don't be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Now, why would he say that? Well, it gets back to what I said a while ago. Not every, not every situation when you, when you trust in God turns out what we call hunky-dory. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Uh, the scriptures are clear about that. They clearly teach that. What matters is that the will of the Father is accomplished. That's what matters. But here's what Jesus said. Don't be afraid. Yeah, they can take your life. And as a matter of fact, some of the apostles were martyred for their faith. We know that. Read the Acts of the Apostles. He said, but you know, it doesn't matter. Now, see, it matters to us. But Jesus has already been to heaven. He knows what's waiting on us. It doesn't matter. He said, I ain't afraid of what people can do to me. They take my body. I'm not afraid of that. You know, why? Well, for you, this is why. Because I'm going to raise you up on the last day. Isn't that what he said? I'm going to raise you up on the last day. See, that's not the final word. I, God, have the final words. Don't be afraid. I'm going to raise you up. And here's what I'm going to do. Because you profess me in the presence of others, when you stand before God on the great day of judgment, I'm going to stand with you. And I'm going to say to the Father, let this one in. Let this one in. See, it's not the final word. Isn't that interesting? So what are these and 96 other scriptures, passages, trying to teach us? Well, listen closely, my dear friends, because it will revolutionize your life. It did mine about 25 years ago. Here it is. God is greater than anything we can fear. God is greater than anything we can fear. But now you might be thinking to yourself, but what about what Jesus said after he said that in today's reading? He said, don't be afraid of men, but he did say this, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in Gehenna. Didn't he say that? There's only one, the one, that's God. You know, sometimes we think, well, that's Satan. Satan can't do that. Satan, he's a, he's a weak, he's weak. He really is compared to God. There's no comparison. Only God can destroy both the soul and body. Only he's capable of doing that. Now, why would he say that? Well, first of all, it's true. He does. He created you, and he has the power to destroy you if he wants to. But that's not, that's not really in the, the nature of God, is it? But it is, it is important to realize that. I think that um, this, the writer of Proverbs, they got it right. Here's what they say. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Have you ever heard that passage? The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And how true that is. Here's the key, but it's only the beginning. <laughs> it's the beginning of, we don't live in fear. You know, we like, I like. The fact that God's saving me from the punishment of 
destroying my body and soul and throwing me into Gehenna. I like that. I appreciate that. But uh, that's where I begin. No church even has a term for that, what that's called. Uh, but I go beyond that. It's only the beginning. And that's why we see Jesus. It's the only way you can make sense out of the passage because Jesus says, be afraid. And then he goes into this discourse about how good and loving God is towards you. How do you, how do you figure that out? How do, you, how do you make sense out of that? Well, God loves you and he cares for you. That's how you make sense out of it. That's exactly how you do it. See, what you have to do is go beyond fear of God to loving God. There's the key. There's the key. Trust me, God says. And then he gives a couple of examples about sparrow. He says, one little bird, you know what a sparrow looks like, don't you? When that bird falls on the ground, I know about it. Do you believe that? Do you believe God knows that? Well, Jesus said he did. I believe it. He says, well, if he, believe, if, if he, can, if he knows that, and he, when you think about how important you are, you know, he really knows about you. See, he loves you and he cares for you. And then he goes on and uses another example. He even knows the number of hairs on your head. Now, I'm not going to use that corny saying that I have about how many hairs I have on my, I've probably worn that one out with you. But uh, what does it mean? It means don't be afraid because he, you're so important to him, he even knows the number of hairs on your head. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? So don't be afraid. Jesus meant that in all situations in life. I think the words of the penitent, yeah, I really believe them during the act of contrition, are extremely pertinent to what I just told you about being afraid, the fear of God, and trusting and loving in God. Every time I hear it, I always, this always, I always think about what I'm about to tell you. How does it go? I detest all of my sins because of your just punishments, right? And don't we say that? That's fear of punishment, isn't it? I dread that. But most of all, I detest them because they offend you, my God, who are all good and deserving of all my what? Love. There you go. That's the key. Do you see it taken to a higher level? See, that's the spiritual life. Spiritual life starts out on a basic level, but then it grows into something greater. It starts out of fear for, and gratitude for what God is doing. He's sparing us from the fires of hell. You know, he, he really is doing that. But it grows over time into the love of God. It's the love of God that matters. And that's, uh, and that's the beauty of it. I mean, that's the absolute beauty, beauty of it. We love God purely, not for what he can do. We're thankful for that, but because of who God is. We call that the spiritual journey. That's what it's called. That's why you should constantly be growing in your faith. Because when you're constantly growing in your faith, you're drawing closer to God. When you're drawing closer to God, you're perfected more in love and you have less fear. You want to live a less fearful life? Grow in love of God. That's how you do it. It's that simple. I like what uh, John said. He put the nail on the, on the case here. He put it this way. He says, the love of God casts out all fear. Think about that. The love of God casts out all fear. 
Isn't that beautiful? So here's what I want you to do this morning. I want you to take the fear that you have in your life, that you're feeling right now, and you say to yourself today and every day, Lord, I will not be afraid because you are with me. See what a difference it makes.